0: All right, let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned in to episode what is this, 127 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes? I think it is. yes, yeah, 127 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. So I apologize for the wait. Um, just a lot of things going on uh, outside of the podcast and outside of my uh, nine to five too. Just a lot of home stuff going on. I got, I had to do fucking jury duty. Uh, but luckily I got dismissed out the jewelry pool, you know, as always. Um, and it was, um, uh, it was odd because, uh, you know, I, I was reading about, uh, I re re-read, uh, Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow, and, uh, there's a, a whole portion in there about how, uh, defense attorneys and prosecutors will, uh, kick off, uh, you know, people of color, mainly black folks, out the jewelry pool, um, you know, based on, uh, a hunch um you know what the person was wearing and shit like that they can discriminate on everything except for uh you know the color of a person's skin so they could just make up something like oh this person had on a yellow polo with some shit like that and get you about the jewelry pool and then uh i have to say a rest in peace to my uncle charles um i lost him um last weekend um uh, we put him, um, buried him, um, not too long ago, um, so that sucked, uh, because that was my grandma's, uh, little brother, and, um, that was the big homie to me, uh, so we lost him, and it was just tough on the whole family losing him, so, uh, it was just, you know, a time to be with family and things like that, and it's always tough going through situations like this, um, but I know he's in a better place, and, uh, you know, I tell y'all this all the time In health over wealth, hopefully y'all be listening You know, without your health, you can't enjoy your wealth So just make sure y'all are taking care of yourselves um, You know, if y'all fucking with them, them cancer sticks Leave them shits alone You know, them cause all kind of problems down the line um, My OG, he was smoked like a chimney You know, all through his, you know, adult life You know, from his teens all the way up into his adult life And, you know, that just caused problems down the line and so I just really want y'all to be out there taking care of yourselves And, uh, you know, but that's, you know, why I've been just kind of MIA missing in action, you know, just being with family and just having different things going on outside of, you know, the podcast and, uh, my first, you know, nine to five gig. So, but I'm here, I'm rocking with y'all and we're going to get through it. All right. I ain't going to be in here crying or nothing like that. I did enough of that. You know, uh, uh, it's still tough to, you know, uh, think about you know my uncle not being here but you know I know he's here with me in spirit you know he became an ancestor and um, you know I know he still got my back so um, let's see what else is going on in the world today so uh you know today is Tuesday I, I normally record on Tuesdays and edit on Wednesdays and I probably I normally post it on Wednesday night or that Thursday morning so it's Tuesday, and you know, it's $5 Tuesday. I don't know if y'all have it in other cities, but uh, here in uh, Omaha, we always have $5 Tuesdays uh, when movies are $5, so uh, me and the wife, we went and seen a couple movies today. We seen Ant-Man and the Wasp um, at the Exxarvon Theater, and it was a cool little movie. It was cool, it was funny, I liked it. It's not like the traditional Marvel movies, um, and it really didn't have a villain in it. That, that was the kind of the dope thing about this movie. Uh, it didn't have a villain, uh, so we went there, enjoyed that, went and grabbed a bite, of, bite to eat at a um, Mexican restaurant, um, Margaritas, which is really good food, great service over there off of um, 72nd and L. They, they, they really treat you right there, and the food comes out hot, fresh, delicious, as always. I, I highly recommend the white queso dip with the chorizo sausage in it. It, it, it bangs like Crips and Bloods in the nineties. Um then we saw the movie Uncle Drew. Uh Uncle Drew, uh we saw that at the Theater by the House, which is uh the Regal Cinema Theater, um, The Great Escape. And that's up here, we we live in we live on we live down north which is the predominantly black area. Um but like I said, white flighters I feel like they're starting to come back down this way to the heart of the city in midtown and north side northeast side they're trying to you know trying to move back in here because there's so much expansion going on in this area so that's the black theater the uh, great escape is so we went five dollar tuesday it's the summer and we went you know late afternoon early evening um (laughs) and we seen a black movie (laughs) and uh uncle drew is that Kyrie irving movie the basketball movie my wife and i are huge basketball fans and so you know this was just right down our alley right so, <laughs> we, go, we go get our tickets, you know, get our little snacks and shit, you know, at the concession stands. We still kind of full, so we just get some candy and a, a soda to split. And uh, so, we sitting down, like, okay, we'll sit right here. So, as soon as we get in the theater, goddamn theater, smells like toilet water. Now, y'all know how toilet water smells. It just has this distinctive smell. It smells like toilet water, like water inside the toilet, right? Bathroom water. We're like god damn it's stinking here right it literally smells like toilet water so anyway we get there and then it just starts piling in full of kids and these kids sitting behind us and they just chatting it up just talking and you know they ain't gonna stop talking so we go we we move up we sit in a row where there's nobody behind us where it's like a walking row so we sit there and uh and there's a couple of disabled seats behind me so this uh this sister uh, i'm sitting there you know getting watching the movie and this this sister comes in well the credits are still rolling this sister comes in and she just grabs the back of my chair to brace herself so she can sit down and i turn around like yo what the fuck but i don't say that i just hit her with this look and, and she don't say sorry or nothing she just she was with the shits and you know, I, I, I bowed down because I, I wasn't going to start no shit with, you know, a disabled black woman. I just wasn't. It, I'm just like, okay, this, I'm going to let that slide. And so we got a row of kids in front of us. And uh, the movie starts. Uh, it's like I said, it's, the credits are still coming on. You know, the interest uh, of the film is happening. And three kids just snap their necks, you know, trying to look at something behind us. And I'm like, okay and it hit our noses we smell cabbage and bacon and i'm like yo it fucking stinks and my wife is like what is that so we look back at the disabled row that was behind us and you know the disabled row is like those two seats by themselves and there's like a seat by themselves so somebody who's able-bodied can sit in it and then somebody in a wheelchair can sit next to it and most folks just kind of take those seats you know after the show starts you know if no disabled folks come in there and this woman i swear to god there's this older heavyset black woman sitting up in here with a tupperware full of cabbage looked like it had some carrots in it and look and it had bacon in it you could smell the bacon and you could smell the cabbage now i knew it had carrots in it because this black woman was so polite to turn on the flash like on her phone to look in there to see if there was still any some bacon left in that Tupperware because it looked like it was just leaves left and she just had the whole theater stanking. and this woman gave no fucks she literally had the Tupperware sitting up on her titties with the fork in one hand and the and the phone in the other hand you know with the light on so she can look and see where the good pieces of bacon was at i shit you not this is my right hand to god if i'm lying i'm dying whole theater just stanking. and once people saw what she was doing motherfuckers just went back and started watching the movie i'm like for real we just gonna let this slide and i was like all right i guess we just letting this shit slide and so you know the movie was good you know you had kids talking throughout it and you know laughing too long at jokes but it was a really good movie and this was a fucking experience it was i ain't experienced no shit like this since i was a kid uh you know with black folks bringing hot food in from their own home and their own microwave into the movie theater most folks Bring in like some fast food or some shit like that, like some Burger King or something, so you smell them stale ass fries or something like that, or some chicken. Uh, this woman brought in some goddamn cabbage, some cabbage, and it like it had some carrots in it, so some orange in there, and there was some bacon in there. And uh, this that was just some wild shit, but I'm ranting almost 10 minutes. Let's get started on that summer jam screen. So, we had the 4th of July just uh pop off. And did y'all see this post on uh it did some numbers on uh on Twitter as far as people sharing it and shit like that? Uh there was a post on Twitter, and I'm gonna have it linked the link in the show notes, and it was this, it was from the 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 page is called Thicky Thick Bays, B-A-E-S. So you know you ain't gonna see nothing but ass and titties and some big old legs. And uh somebody tried to film a deep video. So it was this sister. Uh, beautiful sister little, little chocolate thing where you know she had the titties popping and the ass poking out and she was butt ass naked a beautiful figure and uh she had the American flag painted on her titties and on her ass but she had on handcuffs around her back and she was walking in front of a church <laughs> I was, I was I watched the video because I i watched the video a couple times but i just i just was puzzled about what message are we trying to send here is america you know locking up black folks and we need to seek refuge in the church or you know is the church enslaving us by you know having us love a white jesus which manifests into us loving the white man and that sends us to our doom or do we keep loving america and america don't love us back and so we end up in handcuffs and then we end up in the grave i i I don't know what it meant i got so many questions i just don't know i just feel like i need to find the author or the director of this video and ask this brother or sister a few questions because i need to get to the heart of the matter because i'm puzzled but I want y'all to look at this video and see what y'all get from it. So it's going to be in the show notes. Make sure you click on that Twitter link. All right. So did y'all see um, Oregon State Representative uh, Janelle Bynum? This is a black woman who is a legislator up in Oregon. She had the cops called on her while she was canvassing in her district. Um, and you know, as a white woman, they called the cops on uh, representative Bynum, you know because her black ass looks suspicious, you know, in this white flight area, speaking with neighbors and going door to door, trying to secure her seat you know for the upcoming election and to speak about issues facing the people of Oregon. So I'm gonna just tell you this right now. We know this. Uh, black folks should have been on this, but white folks go on alert, you know, when they see you know somebody black in their white flight area they immediately go on alert i don't care if you got on you know a uniform with your name on it you know and you uh delivering something it's just one of those things where they just go on fucking alert now y'all know i'm a delivery man i wear a uniform Uh, Some of my shirts have my name on it, but all of my my whole uniform got my my company logo on it. My hat has the logo on it. And I make an effort whenever, um, you know, they throw me a store in a white flight area. I just make an effort to always make sure my cell phone is on me, you know, just in case some fuck shit happens. And I don't ever go in, you know, I don't travel uh, into the store, you know, I deliver through the back doors, you know, through the receiving area, and I get the fuck up out of there, you know, and I make sure both my doors are locked. Uh, it's just one of those things where you just feel like a fish out of water. There's been a couple of times when I, you know, travel to the front of the store, you know, to take a piss or to, you know, grab like a Gatorade or a a, um, a body armor drink, you know, a sports drink or something on these real hot days, and I ain't got no more in my, uh, my cooler that I have in my work truck and uh you know even then you kind of get those looks like "What is this colored fella doing way the fuck out here on the outskirts of the city this is supposed to be our utopia you see what i'm saying this this is supposed to be the help and he's only supposed to be in the back so you know i'm all i'm i'm always on alert when i'm in those situations in a white flight area always no matter what um, when i'm 10 toes down my head's on a swivel 360 damn degrees but um, back to Representative Bynum, luckily, you know, the sheriff deputy uh, that came out wasn't a race soldier. So uh, Representative Bynum wasn't hurt. Um, he wasn't a race soldier. So she wasn't hurt. That's a that's a blessing right there. And Bynum actually got a hold of the woman who called the cops on her and they hashed it out. And I'm going to say hashed it out until she bring her black ass back out in that white flight refuge. That's what I'm going to say right now. But what I want you all to do is click on the link in the uh, show notes and uh it's from Oregon live which is I guess like their newspaper or something like that and they have a YouTube uh clip which is of the audio of the 911 call and the white woman who called you know she was you know we're gonna call her protect my cul-de-sac patty you know she said that she did not rec- recognize the woman so you don't even recognize your own state representative that's that's one that's where you're lying but hey she could not she could be politically immature and politically ignorant and she also told the 911 operator that most people are out of town in that area during this time you know so show the black woman representing a binum could be casing houses so kind of peep that language you know what i'm saying she's talking about she didn't know who the woman was she ain't never seen her before in the area and then most of the people ride out of town so she's casing the area so she's painting this woman as a burglar you know, or some head of some, uh, some nigger ring that's out here, you know, breaking in the houses out in Oregon, you know, so praise God, honestly, honestly, most praise to, you know, praise to the most high that, you know, some trigger happy race soldier didn't show up and blow this woman's brains out. You know, that's, that's just a blessing right there. Um, yeah, but definitely click on that link and listen to the language that this woman uses in the uh, audio clip for the nine one one call. Um let's see your man's uh Tyler Pitzel. Shout out to my man Brandon. Um he he sent me this link. Uh he's back in the news and Tyler Pitzel if y'all don't know this was the guy who was uh high off of whatever and uh he was uh beating the shit out of his mom and daddy then some sheriff deputies showed up and he was shooting at them and I think he hit a couple and uh, and somehow, some way, his lawyer pulled out, pulled off a finesse to say that he needs to be tried as a juvenile because I think at the time he was 17. This man is now 18 years old, and uh, he's back in the news for giving false information about a bogus robbery. So he's lying about some kind of robbery. He said that he was robbed. So um, you know he's about to be tried as a juvenile for that shooting and injuring those, deputy, those deputies last fall, and. Um, right now he's being ticketed for giving false information as an adult because he's 18 and they did an interview with our uh sheriff uh douglas county sheriff tim dunning and he was pissed about the whole thing uh, about him being tried as a juvenile and uh so his his dick got hard when he uh was talking in this interview in the uh, show notes links uh saying that he's going to be tried as an adult and see how the the, 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 uh, system works for adults and shit like that so they're going to try to do everything they can to get this man up under that jail even though this is just a false information charge they're gonna do something to make this uh this redneck's life a living hell so we're gonna see how this plays out but i know tim dunning the sheriff he had a hard on for this uh for this uh big goofy uh redneck who was uh beating the shit out of his mama and shit like that but um let's see what else is going on uh moving on let's see uh i don't know if y'all saw this story but um In Philadelphia, there is a playground that is actually a burial site um, for free blacks uh, back in the uh, 1800s, up until about 1864. Uh, So it's going to be, there's actually a playground right now, kids are playing on, and uh, it used to belong to a church, the African Methodist Episcopal uh, Church. Um, and they actually a free slave um actually found that church and he bought a plot of land to start uh burying free blacks because you couldn't bury um black folks within the philadelphia city limits and let alone in a you know a white cemetery and so up until about you know 1864 they were burying folks there and then um The burial site started to become run down and so the church sold it to the uh, city and so now it's a playground there so now they're going to throw up a placard and uh, with some words honoring those buried at that playground I guess Um, but I think the the article was saying that uh, a lot of those bodies are stacked on top of each other and some of those bodies are only buried about 18 inches deep that's only a foot and a half deep that's crazy right there, and uh, but right now a playground is over the top of it, and you know little kids just up there playing and shit, and it's just it's just so disrespectful. I feel like something more should be there, but they're gonna call it the Bethel Burying Ground Historic Site. And uh, I just feel like the only thing they're going to put up is like a placard with some words up there and, uh, and you know, and keep a playground there. I just I don't know. That's just so disrespectful. And the reason that there wasn't any headstones there where it was illegal for black folks to have headstones, you know, that's just, that's even some more fucked up shit. So um, I, I don't know how I feel about that, because on top of first, you got little kids just playing on a burial site. So that's just disrespectful right there. And then, you know, they're going to make it a historical site, but it's only going to be like a small portion of uh, the playground. So that's that's some fuck shit. And they known about these bodies being buried up under there, um, I think, as early as about 15 years ago, 2003 or is it? 2008 I can't remember Uh, But it's in the article it's in the show notes Links Um, and I keep on Mentioning the show notes links because I really Want y'all to go through and read some of these Articles because they're very interesting And I want y'all to kind of form your own Opinions and things like that Um, I know I have a lot of like-minded people Who listen to the podcast But I just really want you to form your own opinions And you know get something get something up Under your under your belt and read an article Or two you know So uh Man, what the fuck is going on with Worldstar? So before I started, before I pressed record on my MacBook, um, I was uh, just bullshitting, you know, just because what I do, I type out some notes, you know, uh, points I want to hit and try to, you know, I condense down my notes. Um, y'all should just see my my iPhone notes is just full of just show notes and shit like that. But I condense them down and try to break it down to layman's terms just so you know, it won't be long and drawn out and, you know, I'm throwing all these, uh, you know, insignificant facts. I just give you the meat and potatoes. You know what I'm saying? I'm not giving you a dessert and an appetizer, you know, with it and a side salad and shit like that and some designer drink. You know, I'm just giving you the meat and potatoes of it. So that's why I've always put those show notes links in there. But I was bullshitting um, on World Worldstar. And I see this Japanese guy and it says Japanese man has... Uh, three questions for blacks and it had thoughts before with a question mark and um and this 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 japanese guy was trying to jump on the coon train and get some butter biscuits from a white mommy and daddy uh you know he was uh looking for that that white baker who's gonna pass out you know a a steaming hot you know uh cookie sheet full of butter biscuits (laughs) and uh and i say that because here's the the three questions that he asked and it, it it just sounded just like it was just white supremacist talking points and it was talking about like why are black folks so hung up on slavery i think that was one we're talking about the past or hung up on the past and i'm like well why is it he's talking about well, slavery was so long ago and all this other shit and i'm just like okay well you're japanese i mean uh Let's look at uh, Hiroshima. You know, that was so long ago. Let's just forget about that. Let's forget about those Japanese internment camps. You know, let's forget about that. Let's tell the Jews to forget about the Holocaust. You know, why do black folks have to forget about how they got to the United States and how we're part of the lost tribe and we really don't have a home? Why do we have to forget about that? Huh? Why do we have to forget about the mistreatment of our ancestors, when we're such a spiritual people, and we're connect, a spiritual people, and we're so connected with our ancestors, we're we're so connected with the struggle that's been going on. And I don't know if he's read about it, but a lot of times that 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 pain and that suffering is actually passed down to a, a down all the way down to a DNA level. And I'll post a, a show note about that too, about how trauma is actually passed down in a DNA level. So that was one question. And then he had a question about crime. Uh, Why do blacks commit so much crime? And so he had these memes of uh, uh, how black on black crime versus white on black crime. And I'm just like, well, your argument, if you're using these types of numbers, you know, it just doesn't make sense because crime throughout the United States is always intra-racial. I mean, you can look at anything. You can look at black on black crime, white on white crime. Um, you can look at, you know, just any demographic and you see that it runs pretty similar. Most people commit crimes in their vicinity. And with redlining and housing discrimination practices and white flight, you know, races live within their own groups. You see what I'm saying? In their own neighborhoods. Their neighbors look like them for the most part. So it was just a very disingenuous uh, argument. And then the last one, which didn't make any sense, was why do black people get so mad at him for him telling the truth? And he was showing some YouTube comments. Now, I don't know black folks who sit up and argue on YouTube. Nine times out of ten, those are, you know, white trolls who have like a black avatar, you know, sitting around trolling and bullshitting passing the time. And I just wonder why a site like WorldStar would uh post something like this this man with his broken english and regurgitating and having these white supremacists talking points and questions to ask uh that's what really puzzled me right there and then i stopped then i just kind of scrolled and looked at you know world star and i'm just like this is nothing but rap videos titties and ass black folks fighting and that's it that's it it's just rap videos black folks fighting and tna that's it and there might be a few charlemagne's donkey of the days on there there's nothing informative on Worldstar, nothing at all if it is a, a some kind of news story it's some goofball ass shit on there you know or it's a interview with a celebrity talking about a movie that came out it's just it's shit it's fast food it's not food for the soul at all on Worldstar. And so that really just got me thinking because they try to let some kind of, they they let a lot of fuck shit kind of slide in Worldstar lately. I've just been seeing some shit that just kind of makes me scratch my head and just be like, what the fuck is really going on with Worldstar? There's some real fuck shit going on. But yeah, if y'all go on Worldstar, just, just watch that video of that Japanese guy with the broken English just pretty much just on there lying and trying to give off his personal opinion as facts. Um, And it just seems like that's the way to go to get YouTube views. And he's just trying to, you know, trying to do what he can to keep the lights on. He's talking about he teaches Japanese to, you know, black people and things like that. And why do they get so hung up on slavery? And uh, why don't they they focus on other parts of the past like uh, the civil, uh, what was talking about, Uh, World War II and things like that? It was like black folks do. Uh, talk about other things uh, You know besides slavery You got Jim Crow, you got redlining You got the lynchings that were that's Still going on today, you have legal lynchings And you talk about hang up, hung up on the past I mean black folks are still trying to fight for rights But we have the uh, Dred Scott decision that basically says That um, No black man has any rights That a white man is bound to respect And it still goes on to this day it still goes on to this day. And that's how you see so many when you have these uh, interracial killings, uh, specifically with uh, cops killing black folks, they get off. And then uh, months down the line or years later, they just cut cut the family in check to forget about it. That's just how the process goes. But I just feel like a broken record. You know, I don't really like to, you know, try to uh, give out counterpoints to uh, stupid points. But this guy was just sitting up in the bakery thinking he gonna get him a goddamn butter biscuit with a side of you know some fried rice or some shit like that but it's one of those things where it's like what are you trying to prove here you know it looks like he's just trying to troll for hits and uh pay a bill or two or get in good with a white supremacist group that's what it seems like but world stars looking very funny and the light because they've been posting some very questionable content uh as of late I it, it could have been like that but i don't be on world star you know like that i'm usually on there um if i'm getting ready for the show and i'm just trying to condense down some notes so I'll have like a a music video playing in the background or some shit like that or try to get something for Hold This L um, if I don't have anything that I haven't caught like an article or something like that as a last resort, a very last resort Uh, but it just seemed like this Japanese guy was just trying to jump on the coon train and it's just shit like that that makes black folks be so defensive, and you know how we have this attitude right now, of just holding your old nuts, you know, because white supremacy does turn on itself and harm its own. So it's not gonna think twice about jumping on your yellow ass. So I don't understand where you're coming from, but you think you're trying to uh, get in good while the good is getting but it just don't work like that these people are being these white supremacists are being more open more blunt and they're moving from supremacist tendencies to extremist tendencies and to um keep on pushing on this summer jam screen we're seeing that here in the city of omaha right now so we have people all throughout the city who have these little free libraries um with so basically it's like on a post um and people put you know it's just like a, a small it looked like a bird house on a post and they have books in there and we actually have one here at the house too for neighborhood kids and we put food in there and my neighbors have been uh, amazing uh, so as a girls boys and girls club in the local elementary school here um the neighborhood that's just across the street from me has been amazing as far as donating books and food like that so it's, it really feels like the neighborhood is coming together just off of this little thing right here helping keeping it filled and You know, kids love running up taking books and, you know, taking, you know, a little snack or taking a can of soup or something. But, uh, so what we're seeing right now, we have these all over the neighborhood, but in these white flight areas, uh, somebody is putting Nazi propaganda in there and, and, uh, you know, uh, Nazi books in there. And then, um so now you have these white flight people. They're kind of going on alert, like, "Hey, we like having our keeping our neighborhood white, but we ain't trying to be down with no goddamn, you know, white extremists." So they're putting these these flyers, these books inside of their little free libraries. But I live in the black neighborhood. Hopefully, I don't see that. But I tell you this: if I do, uh, I will wage war on any motherfucker out here doing some bullshit like that because I don't play that shit I I do not I don't have time for a fucking bigot a racist a supremacist I don't have fucking time for it and I'm not one of these high road niggas out here um do not come on my property with that bullshit because you're gonna have some problems some big problems but um but I'm but right now this is the issue straight up and down you know we have to stop with this whole Hug a Nazi, take the high road, we can't go down to their level. You're right, we can not go down to their level. I'll go below that shit. You know, you sometimes a motherfucker need a good ass whooping. That's all that it boils down to. Because right now they think being the scum of the earth and you know folks just taking the high road that they can keep letting this shit fester and you know try to get away with it. No no if you want to be the scum of the earth you know i'll be the fucking molten lava of the core below that shit and burn that shit all the way down it's just don't bring that shit over here it's one of those things where we have to stop putting our nose in the air and shit like that and you know sometimes you just gonna have to deal with some confrontation a lot of people talk that high road shit because they're scared of confrontation they're scared of conflict they're scared of that plex but you shouldn't be scared of it you know you should you have a god-given right you know, to stand on your truth. And that's what it is. If somebody come with that bullshit, you're going to have to address it. You can't just be out here, you know, with your nose in there, you know, and being a punk. It's just, to me, it's just another punk-ass way of, you know, slithering off. You know, you think you're taking a high road, but you're out here living on your knees because you're scared to stand up for some shit. You know this shit is wrong. And these, uh, these fucking bigots, uh, Nazis, whatever the fuck they are, Uh, They out here uh, posting up flyers on polls, um, trying to come at uh, illegal immigrants, talking about they have a right to report any illegal citizen to uh, ICE. You know, they're posting these flyers all around here. They might just be some punk ass kid posting them flyers. But, you know, you catch that motherfucker, you know, uh, you know, tap him one time, you know, you know, punch a motherfucker in his throat. You know one good time and just trying to clean that shit up don't sit down and try to reason with somebody who's full of hate that's just something you can't do you know even uh i was watching uh, uh, the 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 comedian godfrey was talking about uh how the cells in our bodies he was talking about how black folks you know be out here marching and, you know holding up signs and shit and how it doesn't do anything and he was talking about how the cells in your body he's like could you imagine that like with the illness comes in and then the cells in your body don't fight it you know to get it the fuck up out of there they just march and pray and hold up some signs and it, it, you just really think about it on that level your body knows to fight and you don't you, you want to be out here you know holding hands and you know on a chain link and holding up goddamn traffic you know doing everything but the inevitable which is fighting there is sometimes you have to fight sometimes you do sometimes you have to fight and right now with what's going on Right now with this administration, with the Cheeto in chief, just so many people just feel so emboldened. And uh, it's one of those things we have to make racists f- afraid again. You really do. You really do. You really have to, you know, break your foot off in a bigot's ass. And that's just the model, you know, from here on out. From here on out, you got to break your foot off in a bigot's ass. But I do feel like I'm ranting, but um, it's one of those things where you know, uh, a lot of these folks in these white flight areas, they're just contacting the news and the anti-defamation league and saying that they're not going to stand for it. Well, you know, put a fucking camera up or, you know, patrol your fucking area or get on some of these fucking, these Reddit rooms and, uh, you know, see what you can find out, you know, really unmask these motherfuckers and you'd be surprised who turns up, you know, once you shake that rug a little bit, you'll see, see who's out here really being a fucking uh white supremacist. But it's one of those things where you have to stop taking the high road. You just gonna have to punch a motherfucker in his throat or break your foot off in somebody's ass. You really do. That's what it boils down to. Somebody steps foot on your property with some hateful shit. You you gotta get him up out of there. You really do. You gotta you gotta walk it like you fucking talk it. But my nigga Hove, what you gotta say? Well, Don't be the next tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so moving on to selling hope like dope. Um, thank you, Tyrone Biggins, for that lovely intro. Speaking of crackhead behavior, uh, man, I was just up the up the street. Uh, I'm recording this a segment a little bit different at a different time. Uh, normally, I record on Tuesdays, but I had some stuff go down, so I didn't finish recording on Tuesdays. So now it's fucking Saturday. Well, it was well, it was midnight, but um Friday so sat technically saturday morning but uh me and my wife went up to uh supermarket went up to baker's and uh they had a sale on shrimp and it was uh what was it 477 uh, a pound or whatever so we cleaned up on that and uh so when we was leaving Um, Shout out to Pimp C, rest in peace You know, teaching us about iodine poisoning So, but when we were leaving Baker's, it was his brother walking fast Behind us And then, uh, I mean, just Speed walking, this nigga he had a hand basket and he had like three rolls of them big ass of hamburger meat them big ass 80 20 you know them, that hamburger meat that's that fucking cooks all the way down because it's so much fat in it that cheap ass hamburger meat he had three of them bitches in a hand basket and he just walked smooth the fuck out and stole them and uh the nigga the getaway driver this nigga was sitting in the front seat with a beer <laughs> i'm just like man Niggas out here doing bad <laughs> i was like god damn man man niggas out here ain't doing too good boy but <laughs> my man was bold with it man he just loaded up three rows of hamburger meat and just walked smooth the fuck out though that that's crazy it's crazy to me that niggas is stealing meat and not even high quality meat it ain't like steaks or nothing this nigga was like you know what i'm gonna just get these Three, five pound rolls. Let me get this 15 pounds of hamburger meat. <laughs> but, anyways, let's, let's move on to selling hope like dope. So, we have to give it to uh, Lady Justice, is not blind at all. Um, did y'all see the story of this guy, Michael Salem? I uh, guess that's how he pronounce his last name, even though it's spelled S E L Y E M or Salim, however you pronounce his last name. So this guy's a, a San Bernardino County uh, prosecutor, and he's actually part of the G-Unit out there in uh, California, and uh, responsible for locking up uh, a lot of black men. And uh, this piece of shit was uh, spewing some uh, some uh, racial rhetoric, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. He was just being himself online under his government name that, like a dumbass. And so people uh, saw that he was talking about, mm, excuse me, he was talking about Maxine Waters and how she's some sort of cunt. And then he was talking about Mexicans, you know, he was basically typing comments on like, you know, different like uh, Facebook uh, memes and shit like that, how most of these folks do. And uh, I don't know what he thought he was hiding behind because he didn't have a dummy account or anything like that. And so now he's being he's suspended right now while they look into uh, while they investigate these claims and these allegations against him. But this just goes to show the type of people who are, uh, you know, upholding the law, so to speak. I mean, how many times have we uncovered and seen different stories come out about police officers uh, being uh, part of the Klan or white supremacist groups? Uh, shit, just last week I was telling y'all about an ex, uh, what was it, a Navy guy or whatever, an ex-military guy who's training white supremacists in uh, military tactics, um, so you always see like a judge, you know, who's, uh, who has some uh, questionable views online. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just nothing new up under the sun. That's why, you know, in Selling Hope Like Dope, we have Lady Justice up here. And she is not blind. They know exactly what they're doing. And this guy is uh, part of the G unit, just locking up, you know, uh, hundreds, probably hundreds of black men. Um and you know a lot of times with those g-unit groups what they'll do and i've explained this many times before if you're just wearing the color you know of a particular gang they'll round your ass up and say that you were part of some kind of uh murder or something shit like that and hit you with a rico you know if they catch if they have somebody with a little bit of weed on them or since it's california anything besides weed like some meth or some heroin or some ready rock on them Uh, but also um Speaking of uh, lady justice uh, not being blind, um, I don't understand why so many black folks are getting excited about uh, the Justice Department, um, the feds looking into the death of Emmett Till. Uh, it's been revealed that paperwork has been filed back in March, uh, that there's new evidence of looking into the Emmett Till case. Now, the woman. know, you all know, I talked about this uh, a few episodes ago maybe about 20-30 episodes ago about the woman who uh, basically just admitted that she lied about Emmett Till and um, you know him whistling at her or you know one one take she said he whistled at her Uh, the other take you know when she was in the courthouse she said that he actually touched her and uh, said something disgusting you know in a sexual manner to to try to justify his death with her husband and the mother white man who uh, beat this boy to death and then chained him up to a cotton gin and tried to sink him uh, in a body of water. And if you do know, um, you know, his mother wanted to open casket even though he was brutally mutilated. Um, and she wanted the people to see what these men did to her child and that's, that was the, the match that, you know, ignited the, um, that lit the fire for the civil rights movement and i remember uh reading dick gregory's book um uh, was it a not a black history reader i forgot what, what, what dick gregory's made up uh, of dick rest in peace uh i forgot what it was called but he was talking about that's what motivated uh rosa parks just seeing you know um because they had that boy's picture in uh was it ebony or jet uh magazine and she said she just remembered seeing that 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 boy's dis- disfigured face, and just knew that something had to be done. So the Justice Department is uh, opening up this case, and I've just seen people celebrating all over social media. Um, but what y'all don't understand is, um, America has always done little symbolic bullshit like this, you know. And the woman who lied about. Um, emmett till she is still alive i believe so but this woman had lived a full life she done got grandkids and great grandkids so you know if she goes to jail now for you know manslaughter or something like that or being an accessory to murder um nothing i mean she might sit for five years in jail and you know fucking die in prison you know that's that's not what justice looks like um you know, this is a situation where they're trying to look into racially motivated killings. And they, I guess they do this every once in a blue moon. But I want to know what's the new evidence that's been out there. Because we've been known that this woman lied about the situation. Uh, but like I said, America has always done shit like this. Um, uh, the uh, young boy, the 14-year-old, uh, the youngest boy who was ever executed by, uh, you know, uh, executed in the United States was a young boy named uh, George Stinney and he's actually on the cover of the man Not, and uh, he was accused of uh, killing two little white girls and they, uh, and it took the jury 10 minutes to um, convict this young boy and sentence him to death and I say that to say this back in December, was it uh, November or December of 2014 so he was executed back in 44 so 70 years later the US government comes out and say that we're going to exonerate George Stinney now this boy has been dead for 70 damn years and then it's just like oh you know we fucked up we fucked up he's exonerated we don't think he did that you know that's that shit is just you know it's just another symbolic victory and this is just something that you know i can't get behind i can't celebrate the, the federal government reopening the case um and once the uh the men who killed uh emmett till were found not guilty they did an interview uh detailing how they killed him but you have the whole double jeopardy thing so you just can't you know there ain't shit you can do and i know all those men are dead now may they i hope they're rotten in hell if there is one um but i just don't understand what this will do and why we're celebrating this just help me understand this uh this is you know, this is just water off the uh, off the racist duck's back. You know, to help them sleep at night, maybe. But it's always, you know, let me harm these people here, and then I'll feel shame. You know, a few, a decades later, or even hundreds of years later. You know, after, you know, the benefits have been reaped and the, uh, you know, the tangible's been passed down through some generations and things like that. If there's if there's a monetary uh, gain in there somewhere. You know somebody's murdering or uh doing something unjust you know in the name of uh capitalism so that's just something that just kind of sticks with me and i just i just don't understand people celebrating and uh you know talking about this is the type of energy uh you know the government should have and all this other shit and it's just like what seeking justice you know some what uh, shit how long ago was that was what was that that over 50 years something like that yeah so 50 some odd years later that's when we seek justice you know after shit's been done it's just goofy to me it's very goofy and uh i just want people to stop falling for the goddamn okie doke because like i say lady justice isn't blind they know exactly what they're doing and that's why i say that we really need to you know socially engineer these kids coming up to aspire to be something else besides an athlete or an entertainer and they really we need really need to get them in the justice uh system up and down you know from the high courts you know all the way down to a you know a bailiff or a county clerk you know working at the courthouse Um, but yeah that's pretty much all i gotta say i'm just very confused by people celebrating this uh so-called symbolic w but that's been selling hope like dope this portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L as in Hey yo my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? Alright, so moving on to holding this L. We all know who's holding this L this week. It has to be Papa John's uh founder, John Schneider. Schneider? Oh, however however you pronounce his last name. So those are revealed. Uh, I don't know if it was revealed by Forbes or Business Insider, but uh, in a, on a conference call last month or back in May, uh, the Papa John's uh, founder was uh, they were going over strategies uh, as far as the backlash from um, his comments about uh, NFL players taking a knee and how that was hurting profits with uh, Papa John's. And so he uh, used a um, a very dated reference talking about Colonel Sanders, if he could get out of, you know, come back from, you know, he was saying niggers and all this other stuff. So he actually dropped the in bomb on the conference call. So now he's a uh, step down, you know, as chairman of the board. Uh, but, you know, so those profits are still gonna roll in his pocket so people are like trying to clap and be like hell yeah you know Papa John's we got him about to paint but um, you know that doesn't mean that he's going to stop making money that just you know it's just gonna happen and that's now the official pizza of the alt-right so Papa John's uh, the pizza been nasty even before the uh, NFL uh, fiasco and then him saying the n-word say the word niggas i'm sorry i'm tired as fuck but um it's it's he just really has to hold this l just just lo and behold just hold this l and i don't want y'all falling for the okie doke once they start you know sending out them mailers and some coupons um Talking about, you can get some chicken wings or some uh, boneless wings uh, for a dollar if you buy a large pizza for two dollars. Don't don't fall for the okie doke. Do not fall for the okie doke. And now it just makes so much sense, you know, with the uh, the Papa John's founder and how he had this so-called gripe with a NFL players knee mm. taking a knee. So. Yeah, you see where that's coming from. It's coming from a, a true and dark place in his heart. Uh, so this man is a is a bigot, and uh, it does not surprise me because the Pete's always been trash. But uh, John Schnader Schnatter, uh, whatever however you pronounce your last name, you're gonna have to add some L's to that because I need you to hold this L. Thank you. You win. Perfect. <laughs> all right so moving on and not all heroes wear capes uh first things first we have to give it to these uh people out here who owns these uh businesses and who works in these different restaurants who are making it hell on uh the trump administration the cheeto and chiefs uh, cabinet Uh, i love the energy of these people um, giving these folks in the administration a hard time because they think them aligning themselves with evil is you know just the nine to five job they can you know go home once they leave the white house and shit is all gravy but these people are catching hell and they need to continue catching hell you know until shit is made right until they show some sort of remorse or some regret for taking these jobs i know you have to do what you can to keep the lights on but you don't align yourself with evil and um you're in the highest office and you out here running around coming up with these bullshit ass policies and just doing the devil's work. And you think shit is sweet once you step off the White House lawn. It's not sweet. And I appreciate the energy of, you know, people who own restaurants um you know bartenders um there was uh, one of them motherfuckers was at a sushi place and he had to throw away all of his food because somebody gave him a hard time who worked at the place and he didn't know if they you know spat in it shat in it uh whatever so uh keep that energy uh because ain't none of this shit normal us having a uh white supremacist uh open i should say white supremacist uh in the white house um You know, you clearly can see uh, how this man is moving. He doesn't have any sort of allegiance towards the United States of America. And uh, people are keeping up this resistance energy and, uh, you know, keep making it hell on these folks out here. But the uh, real hero uh, who's not wearing a cape but is out here mowing some lawns is this brother Rodney Smith, Jr. Uh, This Alabama man started up a nonprofit and he's embarking on a journey to mow 50 yards in 50 states Uh, to raise awareness for those that need help in communities across the country and his brother made his uh, pit stop here last week and he helped out a sister who couldn't mow her yard she's a homeowner uh due to uh, how steep the hills are in her yard and he had a couple he had a help from a couple of cops too who reached out to him uh once they saw that he was going to be in omaha mowing yards so they came through and uh, helped him out uh, mowing lawns. I think they did a couple more, I think it was a total of like three people they mowed their yards and things like that. So he started up a uh, nonprofit, this Rodney Smith Jr. And uh, it basically gets kids out and about in their communities and mowing their neighbors' yards and uh, helping, so basically helping out veterans, elderly, um, single women, single parents, uh, you know, who may not just have the time to go out there and, uh, you know, trim up their yard, mow their yard, trim the edges and things like that. So, uh, just nothing but love and respect to that brother there because in these, uh, divisive times, you know, it's always good to see somebody out there trying to be a beacon of hope with a kind heart. Mm -hmm. So not all heroes wear capes. Uh, some of them be out here mowing lawns for free. So shout out to that brother Rodney Smith. All right, so moving on to the last segment of the show, health over wealth, you know what I say, without your health, you cannot enjoy your wealth. So this quote is a Kenyan proverb, and the quote goes like this. Peace is costly, but is worth the expense. Peace is costly, but it is worth the expense. So we are living in some uh, very volatile times, Um, with this administration that's in the white house you have uh, more open and outward um, bigots white supremacists white extremists um, coming out and attacking people of color uh, mainly black folks Um, you're seeing uh, white folks kind of circling their wagons and You know starting shit and calling cops hoping that some of those cops show up and become race soldiers and take some folks out it seems like every day that we see a new video of a white woman calling the police on some black folks uh you have uh the the um mexicans uh south of the border catching hail for trying to come over here and um you know find a new life and uh, uh make a better way for themselves they're catching all kind of hell and um You know, it's just one of those things where people have to keep fighting and uh, never stop resisting because you need peace. And, you know, this this quote, uh, this proverb, it doesn't all it doesn't just, you know, um, apply to people who are in a a position to resist, uh, uh, you know, foreign powers, um, you know, um, to resist you know something that's attacking them um, sometimes your soul is at war too and you need to be at peace because something is eating at you or uh, you know the Most High God, Jehovah, Allah, or whoever you call him, her, it, the universe, uh, you know put something on your spirit, put something on your heart and you haven't done what needed to be done and so it just eats at you and it tears away at you um, And you have to, you know, attack, you know, whatever goal, whatever, you know, the universe has put on your soul and spirit, because then you'll be at peace. Um, You know, that's where stress comes from. It comes from you worrying about, you know, things going on that haven't happened yet or things that you know that you need to do, but you don't do it. You know, you choose the easy way not to attack it. And um You choose the easy way by not attacking it, I should say. Um, So that applies to, you know, the restlessness of your spirit, Um, you know, because a lot of times, you know, things seem so difficult and hard. Um, But once you stop blocking your blessings, so stop being lazy and take that first step towards achieving whatever has been put on your heart, you know, then all of a sudden all these doors start opening up. The path becomes clearer and all the distractions just go out the window you know so whatever's on your spirit um go for it uh, achieve that dream achieve that goal uh, that life goal whatever it is that's on your spirit on your heart do it and um you know don't stop you just have to keep going don't think about You know how is this going to work just start doing it and then all of a sudden like the law of attraction says you know the universe just makes it happen you know if you want something really really bad um and that's what i mean by something being put on your spirit a lot of times you know an idea uh, will come to you and you're like oh that's a good idea i should really do that then you keep putting it off and next thing you know it's two three years down the line and you're still bullshitting and you're still you know you're stressed you have this anxiety because you didn't attack your dream you know and you see all these people on social media kind of blowing up overnight and things like that and you think that they took the easy road but they did not. Um, it takes you know it takes years to become an overnight success it does you know don't nobody ever show the grind you know nobody shows them you know up you know at fucking 12:30, 30 2:30 in the morning because they done got off work late and now they're still working on their project or that goal and they frustrated and you know they forgot to save something on the computer and they done lost the whole damn project or a significant part of their project or a presentation or something that they were working on and they're starting back at square one and they're, at, they're up, you know, a couple of Red Bulls and, you know, just crying their eyes out because they're so frustrated to the brim, you know, of what just happened because they worked so hard to get to this step and they have to start all over. But they keep going because they know in the end that it'll pay off. And that's the only thing that you're seeing on social media is the end product, unless somebody's just out here scamming. And then all of a sudden you see that Instagram account, you know, disappear, that Twitter account disappear. And then next thing you know, you can see on on baller alert that this person, you know, was out here scamming, you know, taking credit cards and debit cards and, you know, doing all this fake, uh, you know, uh, electronic uh, funds transfers and shit like that. Or they out here, you know, busting the asshole wide open and, you know, getting fucked and sucked up by a sugar daddy or something like that. And I say sucked up because... You know, there's a lot of Negroes out here, and a lot of grown men who are sugar babies too. And so there's a few of them out there that's, you know, gay for pay, you know, be busting them cheeks open, you know, to get a pair of Yeezys. There's a, there's a few of them out there, and then they be getting on a gram talking about rising and grind. And it's just like, well, you grinding on something, my G, you grinding on something. But I just don't want my listeners to di- to get discouraged you know, seeing everybody supposedly living their best life on social media, you know, because you're only seeing the end product. You're not seeing the behind the scenes. You're only seeing people's highlights, you know, and everybody goes through the same thing. Everybody has the same amount of time in a day, 24 hours, you know, uh, so it just matters what you do with it and, uh, try to find your peace. And I want y'all to really just take some steps and just look at your nucleus look at your core the people around you and just jot down what the ideal life would look like you know what does a peaceful life look like to you like just write down just this broad vision you know would you have this amount of money in the bank would you be married to this person have this many amount of kids Would your family not be struggling? Would you not be struggling? You know, what is your dream job? What does peace look like to you? And then once you start writing shit down and then doing a little research as far as uh, taking step by step uh, how to achieve this, um, life gets a lot easier. It does. As far as dealing with um, difficult situations and dealing with other people's drama, because you're going to be working on your goals so much that other people's drama really isn't going to concern you at all. So when people call you with that bullshit, you know, a lot of times you'll just, you know, let it go to voicemail, or, you know, you'll, you'll speak to them in a different way you know it'll turn into instead of you feeding into the negative bullshit and coming down to their level you'll try to rise them up to your level and start asking them questions like well what do you do about this situation what does it look like to you if this situation was resolved you know and shit like that and then you'll you'll kind of see that either that person is going to rise up with you or that person's just going to stop fucking with you because you always sound like you, you oprah or um some other motivational speaker, whenever they speak to you. So, I just really want y'all to achieve your dreams. You know, life is fucking short, and I don't want anybody listening to this right now to have any sort of regrets. You know, I know I, um, you know, a lot of this is current events and things like that, but I always want to leave you on a positive note. Um, life is fucking short, um, so achieve your dreams, but you know, make those dreams, you know, come to fruition, you know, make those goals, turn those dreams into goals, and then, you know, turn those goals into actual, you know, tasks that you can achieve, you know, and that's all it is, uh, just with my, uh, my uncle passing, it just really, just kind of, just let me know that, you know, life is really short because he was young, um, you know, he wasn't even 70 yet, and, um, it's one of those things where it's just... You know, don't live with any sort of regrets, live your best life, enjoy life, and just don't get wrapped up in the bullshit, like, like the shit that you be stressing over, like little shit at work and things like that, you know, work ain't shit, but, you know, a tool to help you, you know, achieve your dreams, you know, if that job is just paying your bills, you know, enough so you can, you know, not worry about having to worry about food, clothing, and shelter. And you are right. you know, it's just a tool A job ain't nothing more than a tool Cause then folks use you as a tool to achieve their goal Which is to turn over bigger profits for their shareholders And hopefully you got some shares in the company that you're working for But if not, nobody is here to shame you about that But, um, like I said, life is too short to be stressing about just bullshit If it's not going to help you achieve your dreams and your goals then don't fucking worry about it don't fucking worry about it if it's not plugged in to this jigsaw puzzle that you call life it's gonna get it's gonna make get you to that big picture you know that house on the hill or whatever um you know fuck it you know don't don't even fucking worry about it you know breathe through the nose exhale through the mouth when shit gets tough you know your body will start to calm down instantly if you do that you take a deep breath in through your nose exhale through the mouth um with my uncle's passing, it just uh, inspired me to um, go ahead and add a new segment um, to the Durags and Boat Shoes. Uh, it'll be a limited series, um, but I'm going to call it the G-Code series. So uh, this is the end of episode 127 of Durags and Boat Shoes. So we're going to let this go ahead and fade out. Then I'm going to bring it back with a lesson from the g-code series and as always i have nothing but love and respect for every single one of y'all even though the ones that criticize me and send me goofy ass emails and shit like that um i still love and appreciate everyone out there and uh i will see y'all next week make sure you tune in uh to the start of the g-code series one Welcome to the G Code Code. <laughs> All right, thank you to myself and Tyrone Bigums for uh, doing some work some mo for me for this uh, limited series I call the G Code. Uh, G Code, Gangster's Code, the Gentleman's Code, the Guy Code. I'm not telling anybody out here to uh, you know, try to be a triple OG out in these streets and, you know, gun butt a Korean, uh, you know, uh, liquor store owner or uh, push over a bank or bust some shots at the cops. It's just keeping it 100. That's what we're going to do in this series. So in lieu of my uh, uncle's passing, one of my OGs, uh, one of the many men that were in my life who kind of gave me some principles and uh, some stones to stand on. I feel like I'm going to, uh, you know, honor him and do that. For y'all out there, for my listeners out there, especially my uh, my young boys out there. Uh, you know, I call myself the young OG because I'm always giving advice to those younger than me. And hopefully they don't make the same mistakes that I did or some of the mistakes that some of my OGs made um, that I learned from. So... It's going to be a limited series. It's always going to be after each episode of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. And we'll get started with uh, the first one. And that's being a man of your word. That's the first G code being a man of your word. All right. So being a man of your word is just always keeping a promise. Uh, you know, just doing what you say that you were going to do uh, It's easier said than done. Uh, i think a lot of times uh, a lot of us men are scared to say no i'm gonna tell you something no is a complete sentence and i'll break that down in another that's another g code right there but i'll break that down in death on another uh episode of uh, the g code series um but you know you have to be very selective with the promises that you want to keep you know You can't be out here just uh all willy-nilly with the promises and things like that that's when you start looking funny in the light and you start selling hope like dope and people start looking at you like you're unreliable all right so you can't be out here selling that hope like dope you know building people's hopes and dreams up and their expectations of you and you just let them down all right and no matter how big or small the promise is just keep it you know treat treat them small ones uh just as if you would do a big promise you know just it it means a lot especially to the ladies out there women love a man a man who can uh keep his word and be a man of his word all right and uh once you commit to something always put a reminder somewhere either on a calendar that you have somewhere or easier set an alert on your phone with the calendar and you know have the alarm go off uh, you know to remind you about this promise that you kept whether it's helping somebody move um, you know uh, being a you know supportive gym buddy or something like that you know you got a you know a chubby friend who you know trying to lose a little bit of weight and you want to you know hang out on a class and help them out to give them some moral support you know uh, just make sure you keep an alert in your phone Uh, that helps me out a lot And no one likes excuses. So be careful with your words and what you commit to. Like I said, you can say no. It's okay to say no. There is nothing wrong with saying no. Don't spread yourself too thin. And I'm going to tell you something. Nobody likes somebody who was always making excuses as to why they couldn't get something done. You look weak to other men and you look weak to women too. Okay? So stop making excuses. Just own that shit. All right? And you have to be when you're making a commitment or a promise, whatever you uh, you're doing with another person, be very specific about the promise that you're making. Don't be vague. People will try to take advantage of you if you're vague. Okay? You always want to be very specific. Like if you're helping somebody move, you just like, hey, I'm gonna help you move all these large appliances. You know, get them loaded up in the U-Haul. We're gonna head over to the new place and I'll get them unloaded for you. I'm not about to help you wrap up all these glass glassware dishes and all this other shit. I'm just going to help you move the big heavy shit, you know, the couches, the appliances, you know, things like that. The washer dryer that's under You know, appliances, just the big heavy shit. You ain't about to be sitting up here, you know, wrapping up. Uh, Glassware and shit like that You ain't about to help nobody unpack nothing You just about to move the shit The big shit that you said you was gonna do So you can go on about your day So you have to be very specific Because if you're not People will uh, take advantage of it Because they hold that over your head But you said you was gonna help me move It's just like Nope Remember I said I was going to help you move The appliances And all the very large heavy items So that's just an example right there So it's not it's not that hard to be a man of your word, um, and you always, always have to be a man of your word when it comes to money. Now, y'all remember a few weeks ago, uh, Dane Dash finally caught up with Lee Daniels, and Lee Daniels was looking funny in the light at that Diana Ross concert with that shawl over him, that green shawl over his shoulders, because Dame was up in his face like, yo, I loaned you $2 million, and you've been ducking and fucking dodging me for the past however many years. Dame Dash gave this man two million dollars to fund his dream, you know, of be becoming a director and getting into Hollywood. And them white folks start cutting that check and Lee Daniels forgot all about Dame Dash. That's some dirtball shit. But TMZ caught up with uh Lee Daniels after that video surfaced and you know it all oh, the truth came to light and Lee Daniels said that he's in a position to pay Dame back and hopefully he pays him back with interest. Which brings me to the last portion of this, all right? When you're making a, uh, you're keeping your word or if you can't do it, if you can't do it, if you can't keep your fucking word and you, you know, something comes up and you can't make this promise, you have to make up for it. You have to make up for it. You have to make sure that it's greater than the original promise that you kept, okay? Okay? And you have to be honest about why you couldn't keep your word. You have to be very honest about that. People appreciate honesty. And it can't be some shit like, oh, I just didn't feel like doing it. That's when you just turn into a asshole. Or, you know, if you, kept, you can't do it, or I didn't feel like I have to had to do it. You know, Lee Dans would have been like, I feel like I didn't have to pay you back, you know? But that is a situation when If you absolutely can't, something comes up, something dire comes up, something more important. You have to repay that person back greater than the original promise that was kept. Okay. so being a man of your word, it's easier said than done. But if you learn how to say no and you be very specific in your word, It'll be a lot easier. So be selective with your word and the words that you keep. All right. So that's been uh, lesson one of the G-Code. So make sure that you share this with all your young boys out there and the young girls, too. You know, so they know what to look for in a guy. You know, out here in these streets, you know, nobody, like I said, nobody likes some excuse having ass Negro. Nobody likes that. Not a man, not a woman, not a child. You know how many kids been grown up with trust issues because they didn't had a parent who's always made empty promises and shit like that. That's that's some heartbreaking shit right there. So always keep your word. But be selective with it, all right? It gets easier. You can't be some be out here willy-nilly with the promises and shit like that because that's when you turn into an excuse-having motherfucker because you don't know how to say no. No is a complete sentence. But that's been episode one of the G-Code. I will see y'all next week with lesson two, all right? One.